This is episode number 83 of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have the head hitting instructor at Titus Sports Academy, Casey Judge. Casey is a former professional baseball player and someone who really has really studied the body um, in science uh, or in science in college. He majored in exercise science and he's TPI certified, which we get into what exactly that means in this episode. Very, very knowledgeable about hitting. Um, actually, getting ready to, to move back to uh, his hometown, Las Vegas, and uh, eventually start up his own hitting facility there, which is some exciting stuff. This episode is brought to you by Blast Motion. Blast Motion is a bat sensor that you put on the end of your uh, bat. And it can track attack angle, how long you're on playing with the pitch, time to contact. Um, the Houston Astros use it, and it's one of the reasons why they were able to take off in such a short amount of time to go from worst in the uh, in the laughing stock of the entire league to one of the best teams and organizations overall. So make sure to head on over to BlastMotion.com, type in code PJB25 for $25 off. And here is Casey Judge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now live with Casey Judge, who is currently the head of hitting instruction at Titus Sports Academy. Casey, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Patrick. I know we uh, tried this the first time in round two here, so this would be a little bit more condensed, uh, a little bit easier to, to follow along. So, so give the listeners a little bit of uh, just a brief background on you uh, throughout baseball. Yeah, definitely. So I, um, I grew up in, in, in Southern Nevada in Las Vegas. I went to Chaparral High School, and from there I actually I played junior college at Taft College in the Central Valley of California, and then from there I transferred to Cal Lutheran. Um, and I, I did pretty well there. Um, not a lot of people know I started switch hitting. Um, I've always been very passionate about hitting. But I started switch hitting when I when I transferred, and uh, I believe that's that's a huge reason I got to play. Um, you know, the extra four seasons after college in the independent leagues, but. I bounced around in indie ball for for four years, um, and then at about the age of 26, at the end of that year, um, I was offered a job through Baseball Rebellion. Um, really cool, hitting, you know, very very well known in the Twitter world. Um, and then I just worked there, and then you know, eventually found my way out here and started doing my own hitting hitting deal here in Florida. Do they uh, at Baseball Rebellion? It's just it's not like a membership. It's just lessons only, right? Yeah, it was a it was an int- definitely an interesting um, dynamic in terms of you know who hits there, and uh, it's not like you can just roll in there. It's kind of like you got to be a member, and um, it, it was cool. I mean, it was I got to work with some really cool guys there. So um, yeah, it was it was definitely you know now hitting facilities like that are kind of popping up a lot. But um, they, they were definitely one of the one of the first people to kind of do it like that. The first people I've ever seen, you know, have people travel across the country to uh, for training. I mean, I thought that was like I did it when I played my last two years. I did it twice, and I thought it was like Looney Tunes. I was like, man, how do people like this is crazy? Like people are flying in from all over the country for hitting it instruction, and I was like, man. But um, yeah, they're definitely on the forefront of that. I mean, would you say would you say it's worth it for people to fly all over the country just for hitting instruction? Um, 
man, that <laughs> it's tough. Uh, it's tough. It, I, I think it kind of depends on where you're at in your career. If you're a younger kid, I mean, yeah, I'm not one to ever tell a parent how to, how to spend their money or do whatever they want. It's, it's their choice if they find value in what you teach or they found, they find that you do something better, um, than anyone in the area, then yeah, it is, it is valuable. But some, some kids, I would say it's at some ages, um, man, if you're driving, if you're flying across the country and once again, I don't, I don't know the financial status of, of the families that, that do it. Um, if money's not an issue, then yeah, I'll go for it. But if it's like, Hey, I can't put food on the table this month or, um, we're going to be eating a little light if we travel from, you know, across the country to come hit. I mean, I just, I don't think it's that valuable. What did you, uh, major in in college? Uh, I was in exercise science and sports medicine major with an emphasis in human performance. So, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't really, um, care about anything besides baseball, uh, at that time. So it was kind of like I, by default ended up in the strength and conditioning field. Like I, I didn't really aspire to do that, but I knew, um, to understand the swing better and just, just honestly to be more credible. Um, I knew I had to know more about the body. So I kind of made my sole college, um, uh, decision on what I majored in and in terms of how am I going to be able to teach the swing better at some point. How, how did that hike? How do you think that's helped you overall in terms of teaching the swing? Because it's, it's hard to like, if you're working with a, a high school player, I mean, he's not going to know what, you know, anterior pelvic tilt is or anything like, you know what I mean? So how do you like, how do you take what you've learned and transition it to helping a player? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that's the thing you learn to get the best at with experience. I, I'm, I'm by no means a, a repetition. And I tell this to my players, if you, you know, take 10,000 reps and they all suck, um, <laughs> you didn't get any better. You just wasted time. Um, and it's the same thing with teaching. A lot of people use, you know, well, I've been doing this for, a, you know, X amount of years. And they use that as their, their source of credibility. Um, when in reality, I, I think just understanding who you're working with, that's what you get better at. So I'm not going to describe, <laughs> I'm not even going to use that phrase or terms with a nine year old or yeah, even a high school kid And there. There's, and I think some of it is, it's almost at a complete disadvantage to inform the hitter that, that deeply about um, specific movements, because then they start to become slow and thoughtful. And then they get, de- they get better at describing it than actually doing it. And that's, that's, ultimately the not what I want that's that's pretty much the worst thing that can happen is become a better descriptor I guess um as opposed to like a doer I always tell the kids I'm like hey you got if you want to get into coaching after you're done playing that's that's your choice but um you know I would play like be athletic like I, I know I talk a lot in technical terms on Twitter but I mean you should see or hear you know from my hitters, how, how I speak to them in, in terms of like how I want them to move. And I'm all about freedom of movement and, you know, just doing, being able to move within whatever your body's capacity is. And it's, it's it really is, it's different for everyone. And I have a, a truer understanding of that now just to, um, and I owe that to like understanding how complex the body is. I, I don't think a lot of hitting, and I think everyone's intention is good in teaching hitting, 
But man, once you understand the com- or even scratch the surface of the complex the complexity of the kind of anatomy of the body in the swing, um, you don't hyper focus on some irrelevant things, and you you kind of just got to let the hitter make errors and go go like that because it, it is it can get really tough if you're trying to be um, very articulate with you know specific things about the body with some with a lot of hitters. Where uh, where should some people go if they want to learn more about the body and like anatomy and you know sagittal plane and like all these sorts of different things? Um, like, what would you recommend? I mean, there not everyone's going to be able to go back to to college like you know like like you did and major in major in exercise science. Like, what would you recommend them do or read? I guess I should say. I mean, I the easiest and this is going to be a very vague answer, I guess, but it's it's the truth. Just, just, just like Google, I, I Google things. I Google. I was googling um, structure of the foot the other day, just to understand like how the ankle moves or what it could look like if you're limited in, you know, abduction of the ankle. Like a hitter's foot, who, and this is you know very specific, um, is going to look different if they can't do certain things and joints in their body. So um, I, I would just, I, I know there's a. First off, there's a ton of good information on Twitter. And then if you're interested in it and you're a parent or you're a coach or a player, like that's where you got to put in the time in terms of like searching. And you're going to look up a lot of stuff that is completely irrelevant, but <laughs> you're going to learn. And I think that's that's the best thing. And that's what's tough on Twitter. Some people ask these very, very specific questions. And it's like, man, it's not being rude, but it's like I put in a lot of time in in spent a lot of um you know of my resources finding out this answer it's it's kind of the learner's part to to go off on their own and do research um if if you want to go that route in terms of learning it it takes and that's the problem like a lot of people don't want to learn they just want the answer i was like that when i was a hitter i i just wanted the answer and i think if you don't understand it it's you know it's not good what would you say to someone who I know you're TPI certified, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm currently I, I already finished up the online part. I'm flying out to Phoenix in late November for the in person part. What That's would you awesome. say to somebody like that? Because you've done, I know you've completed everything. Um, how helpful has that been? It man, and I hate to say like it, it like re you know it broke my brain, but. I will say this golf is so ahead, so, so, so ahead of, and I've been saying this for, uh, I don't know, a couple of years in my short, um, time as a, as a hitting instructor. Um, it's so ahead of baseball in terms of how they, A, enhance the swing and, and B, de- develop it from a, man, they have, you're going to learn some really, really, really cool stuff there. And they're just so much more advanced because it, this is this is gonna sound funny. Um, golf people are psychopaths uh, when it comes to <laughs> enhancing their performance. They really are. Um, they hit us with a statistic at the beginning of the seminar, and it was um, in like this huge longitudinal, like big survey. They asked like over seventy five thousand golfers, um, "Would you rather live five years longer or, or add fifteen yards to your um, your tee shot?" And and like eighty percent they'd they'd rather add fifteen yards their their tee shot. I was like, (laughs) I was like, 
Whoa, dude. So, I mean, you're dealing with a completely different athlete when it, when it comes to golf. And quite frankly, um, that's kind of the approach that needs to be more adopted for, for hitters. I'm not saying, you, you know, in terms of strength and conditioning, um, you need to be as reserved, but how they train their bodies, it, it really is amazing. Like it's, I see, I have golfers, I've trained golfers in the past and their, their focus and their diligence is just, I'm like, man, baseball and softball players just, they just lack that gross. Why, why do you, why do you think that is though? Because, oh man, I don't know. I was, I was just about to say because it's a game of failure, but then that would kind of um, downgrade how hard golf, golf is very, very hard. Um, I, I don't know. You know what? I, and I, and I, I try and always look at that in hitters and I just don't think, and this isn't, this isn't everyone, you know, I'm not saying everyone's like this, but I I just don't think some people care enough. You know what I mean? And I, for me, baseball was everything growing up, like everything. I I didn't go to proms. I didn't go to homecomings. I I could have cared less about, so I was always very curious about just getting better at hitting. Um, and I, Anyone who knows me, you know, personally will say that I'd leave. We'd play poker games in high school and, you know, I, I would be the one to be like, all right, I got to go. Everybody would be like, well, dude, what, what the hell are you doing? I'd be like, I got to go hit. And that, that's just kind of how I looked at it. So I, I just think people grossly just don't care enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do understand what you're saying. And I do see kids sometimes where, They'll, you know, they'll come in for their, their weekly lesson and, you know, I'll, I'll ask them if they've been hitting or anything and they'll be like, uh, I didn't have any time. It's like, okay. That's, man, that's a tough, Ooh. I stopped saying I don't have time, uh, uh, about four years ago. Cause there's, I mean, you could fall into that from a life standpoint. Like it, everyone's got 24 hours. I understand people have relationships, marriages, uh, kids, uh, Hey, that takes up time. Completely understand. But, um, in my mind, I, I always thought, well, at some, at some point you're going to have more going on in your life. So if you don't have time now as a kid growing up, you're going to run into a lot of problems or you're going to have to make a drastic change, um, at a critical portion of your life. So kids, anyone listening to this, you know, don't say you don't have time. I'd rather a kid look at me, and I don't know if you feel the same way. I'd rather a kid just be like, I didn't want to practice. I played oh, yeah, four. for sure. I would rather, because that's truth, at least the, the athletes being truthful. Um, if you were to say that to a coach, you know, it's 10, 15 years ago, you'd instantly have to run. But I would rather a kid do that because then it's like, all right, I, I can't. If you don't go up on the hit tracks today, or you, you you know, if you're not progressing, then I can't take responsibility for that. Speaking of hit tracks, um, how often do you measure your players on there, and like, how do you kind of um, organize it? Like, do you just have each guy on, go on there and just base and just have their baseline uh, uh, assessment or whatever, and then well, kind of just go from there, and like want them to increase exit velocity over X amount of time? Sure. I, I think, I think the hit tracks is awesome for, and I know some people hate it and they're, it's whatever, but, um, man, you, you just get a total, totally different engagement rate between the hitter and the lesson. And they understand, um, if their numbers are down or, you know, something's not going right, that they're held accountable. It's like, Hey dude, you, I've seen you hit the ball or 
hey, I've seen you hit the ball this hard before, and today we're we're at like 10 miles an hour slower. Like, is there something wrong? Are you like, do you feel good? I'm always asking hitters like, hey, did you get enough sleep last night? Um, because I had a, I had a kid yesterday. He had his best lesson in I don't know a month and a half. He hardest uh, highest hard hit average. That's the measure of consistency on the machine. Um, highest average exit velocity. And he just simply told me that today was the first day in uh, six weeks that he did not lift the day before or the day of. And he was like, I slept like 10 hours last night. So so it's very, there's so many intent, like things that are measurable, but then there's things that, I mean, you have to dive in as a coach and understand neural fatigue. Um, All that really comes into play. So that's, that's a, a whole different beast in itself. And that's why I love the strength and conditioning um, aspect of, of kind of how I got to where I'm at because I really do understand central nervous system fatigue, how you got to let the body recover. Um, and that definitely ties into hitting because I've seen some kids, they move perfect. They have the same movements on video one day and their numbers are, are down. And it's, it's kind of like, man, you know, what's the deal? And it's, it always comes back to, oh, well, I lifted yesterday. I'm sore. I haven't recovered. And it's it's important. So you can't just like – I know everyone wants to put in a lot of work. Um, and I would say erring on the side of too much work is obviously better than you know just being lazy. But you, you got to balance it out. And you kind of need a professional to, to tell you, hey, what to do. Like ration your – kind of your energy expenditure – so do you when when you have a, a kid come in? Do you do I take it you do a screen like a TPI screen on them, and then like take I guess just take me through like what would happen if I if I came to you, um, and this is the first time we've ever worked together. Sure. So the the first time we we I work with a hitter, um, I I don't use every single exercise on the TPI screen. Um, I use I would say about ninety percent of them because they're all very relevant to you know, how the body moves in the, in the baseball swing or softball swing. Um, but we would go through the assessment. Um, I don't, I don't tell you your score. I don't make any, you know, accusations about movements in your swing based on your assessment while doing the assessment. Um, so we do the assessment score. TPI has a really cool, um, scoring app on the phone. And so I I put it in there and the hitter gets to see that after they do their their baseline assessment, which um, they do that on the hit tracks. Um, they kind of see where they're at, and then we do the video um, of their swing and how they move, and kind of go from there in terms of you know how they move in the swing. Or because a lot of these kids, a lot of people I work with, they've never even seen themselves swing on film. And I'm like, oh man, it's it's pretty interesting because. Um, in golf, in the TPI world, they don't make assessments about people at the or golfers in the in the in the TPI realm until they do like 3D motion analysis. So we got people trying to make assessments of hitters without <laughs> without knowing the body, without testing the degrees of motion in which they can move, um, and they try to compare them to hitters they can't physically move like. And it's it's bizarre. It really is. It's like you know, I love watching hitters. I love, I mean, obviously I'm extremely passionate about it, but just watching video and trying to make someone move like Mike Trout, um, it's almost like 
it, it, it's almost lazy, I would say, because it's like, man, you don't even know what is required to move like that. And that's where I think like a strength and conditioning background or just a, any type of like anatomical, you know, knowledge base is really good to have because you're going to understand how difficult it is to make somebody move the way you want to move. Why do you, or like, I guess I should say next is what would you do if like someone fails a test, like the pelvic tilt test, which I've yet to have anybody be able to really pass it or, um, anything like that? Like, how would you, like, what would you do if someone fails a test or fails a couple tests? So the first thing, and you'll learn this at the TPI seminar, um, you see if it's like a, a neural inhibition, meaning like there's no coordinated path from the brain to the, the musculature, which you're trying to fire. Um, so first off, we would just simply like if I had someone who was failing the pelvic test, um, maybe it's because their glutes are not turning on or they're, you know, deficient. And it, this is where you have to find if it's like a deficiency or it's just an inability to turn the muscle on. And TPI has some really, really cool um, glute activation exercises, which they have studies. Once again, golf, golf people are psychopaths. They have studies that show these warm-ups really do produce a, in golf a higher ball exit speed. <laughs> just by simply turning on your body um, in the areas that are critical to swinging, um, you can give yourself an advantage. So hitters listening to this, warm up your bodies like if you, if you just go in like dry and and hit um you're not really in a a good position to do anything uh I, I don't know turn on fast i guess so that that was i learned a lot of cool stuff at the tpi seminar but that was definitely one of the best would you say did you say the in person was more um valuable than the online oh 100% uh, 100% because they show you um Hopefully, man, they pick one person and then um, they pick one person and they get a free TPI screening. And so hopefully, hopefully you can get that. You can be the one to get chosen. Um, but they actually do an analysis of a, of a golfer who's in the seminar and they show you, you know, how they move. And it's really cool. I, I would say the best thing about the TPI um, and just golf swing training in general is um, they are so much more advanced in terms of like swing diagnostics. I, I kind of want to attribute it to or compare it to, um, they have flaws in the swing, which way that, which they can immediately, um, they can immediately assign the flaw to a, to a deficiency in movement in a, in a part throughout the body. So it's not like in baseball where, or softball, where it's like, oh, well, you know, you're not pulling your rear elbow against your spine well enough. It's like TPI and golf, they look at the swing characteristics and it's more of like you swing the way you do because that's the way you can swing. That's what your body allows for, not conscious thought. So obviously in, in hitting, you want to see if like you can get a change through thought. But I mean, a lot of people are really stubborn and they don't understand. It's like, hey, if you got some limiting factors in your body um, physically, you're never going to move the way you want to move. It's just, it's not going to happen. And I can attribute to that because I was, I was a switch hitter and I, I physically couldn't do things left-handed. I couldn't, I, I could do right-handed. 
Um, and I needed more than a, a detailed analysis of what a proper swing looks like. Like I was, I was completely aware of what I needed to do. I just fell short of kind of what it took to, to get into the positions I needed to get into from a, a physical limitation standpoint, I believe. If you could go back again, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought up the point about you switch hitting and how you were a little bit better or stronger, I guess, right-handed. Oh. I was reading like the millionth time uh, the Ted Williams science of hitting. And he talked about how he thought that, you know, there's a few exceptions. He, he brought up Mickey Mantle and things, but he thought that most people should just stick to their stronger side um, because of, of just how, just how it's just natural and it's going to be so hard to, to balance the two. If you could go back again, would you just focus on hitting right-handed? Uh, ooh, that, that's a very tough question. And honestly, I think about it a lot. Um, yeah, I would have just stuck to right-handed and I had all my success as a switch hitter. Like I, I hit, I didn't do well my freshman year. I, I think I hit 217. Um, my sophomore year as a right, both as a right-handed only, I hit three, three Oh or three Oh two, no home runs. Um, and then when I transferred, um, the summer before I transferred, I was like, I, I'm going to switch it because I want to get drafted. And I, <laughs> I had the had the idea that that was gonna that was gonna help me get drafted. So, um, man, I, I I gained all the success I had through repetition, whether it was correct or not. Um, left-handed, I I did it through hours and hours and hours and hours of work. And I don't know if I I mean I did some terrible things. I used to practice high T. Um, all the time in, in drills that really aren't ad- advantageous to, to building a higher level swing. But I mean, so you say you don't think high T is, um, I mean the way I was doing it, I, I was like really taught to swing down and this and that. And, um, I had a discussion about this with my friend yesterday and we were talking about like things conducive to being, you know, a better pitcher or, you know, better at hitting and, I can honestly say growing up, I, I didn't listen to the coaches that I had, not, you know, disrespectfully, uh, if any of my coaches are listening to this, um, I just kind of knew my body at a young age. Cause I used to pay attention. Like I said, to the swing, I, I was, I was listening or paying attention to my takes when I was 11 years old. I'll never forget it. I'm not, I was like in games like, Oh man, my, I feel like I have more time to make a decision. So I, I, I kind of critically thought about the swing at a very young age. Um, but it's, I had the success. It, it was fun being a switch hitter, I would say. It was fun filling out a roster thing and, you know, what side of the plate you hit from both. Um, it was cool. And I, I was definitely better at hitting numbers wise uh, from both sides, but if I would have had a hit tracks and I would have seen, or I would have been able to test myself and saw the differences, even accuracy, like how hard I consistently hit the ball, it probably would have changed me. But we, you know, that technology wasn't really available, wasn't even available six years ago. Um, and now I think it's so cool to be a hitter because there's, you can find out a lot of, a lot about yourself and your, your current skill set and kind of where you stand. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, and and I, it's it is crazy that just a couple of years ago, like there we didn't have any of this stuff. It's insane. It was a complete it was a complete guess, and I attribute, and I want to be very clear to the listeners out there. Um, I'm not claiming to have played in the big leagues, and I didn't, 
you know, play with an affiliated team. Um, I played four years in the independent league, but um, it was kind of like a, a jumps of successful guesses, I would say. Like I just, I would see something or somebody move a certain way on TV. I'd be like, okay, I want to try and move like that. And then I, it would work for a few games and then I'd find something new. Um, but at some point you got to have the right guess and you only get one shot to guess correctly. And if you guess wrong, um, that has a huge negative implication on, you know, whether you climb higher on the professional ladder or not. And that, that was, I kind of ran it, ran out of guesses towards the end. Yeah, it's if the if the feel isn't isn't real, then it's 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 you're in trouble. Yeah, my my best season ever in college. Um, well, I set the record for hitting that year. It's still the record. Um, I thought I swung straight down. Seriously, I feel bad because I was telling people on my team that. I kind of so if they didn't hit well, like <laughs> kind of take the blame for that because it it was working for me. But I, I I don't know if I was actually doing that. But it was definitely what I was feeling. It was it was all I. High T before the game, one hand drills. Um, so it was, like I said, my feel was not real. Fortunately, it was, it was better that my feel was not real because if I was actually swinging down, I I don't know if I would have had that success. Let's let's talk a little bit about independent baseball. Just give a. Let's, I want to talk a little bit about that. We got some some people out there who are listening to this who haven't gotten drafted in the past who are still you know going to different workouts who will eventually the draft will come up in the future and they might not get drafted as well and you know they want to continue to play and and chase the dream Mm -hmm. and it's you know you will you know as well as I do you you really don't know how high the mountain is you have to climb until you actually start to climb it which is probably after college that's a that's a great uh that was very, very well worded on your part. That I would, I would completely agree with that. So, what would, what, what advice would you give to a kid out there who is about to embark on on that journey? Man, if, if you're extremely curious, find out. You know what I mean? Because you, you have a lot of life, I guess. After I always, I was always like baseball's life, you know, this and that. But you know, being now three years removed, you have a, you have your whole life to work. And, you know, kind of get into your career, whatever it may be. Um, I, I would say find out, you know what I mean? And even, even I, I, I've talked to people who told me, they're like, man, you, I hit with Manny Ramirez and I, I have the sound clip. I have the video of it. He's like, you closed your own door. Um, and that was kind of tough to hear. <laughs> but um, I thought the time was, was right. But for me, it was just I had to find out. Like, man, I could not imagine shutting it down at 22 years old. I just I couldn't imagine. I was like, there's so much more in the tank. There's so much more. I, I've been successful thus far, and, and I haven't really even tapped into what I thought I could be. Um, so I would say if you're curious, you know, you have to go for it or you'll, you know, you have a long life ahead of you. You're just going to get into your career faster, and it's you're kind of always going to be wondering and develop the uh the almost the uncle rico attitude i guess it's like oh if i would have played or been one of those guys i could have done that and it's like well you didn't so um i I think the people who really do go for it 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 takes some balls you know metaphorically if there's any females uh listening to this you guys know what i mean um it, it takes some 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 drive some passion 
you know what I mean? And, and people fall short in that. So I, like I said, if, if you're curious, find out. It's just, it's, it's, it's so tough because I see so many guys out there that I, I know that they don't have a shot. Like they did, they just don't have the talent and it's, it's kind of like, I remember growing up, you would watch American Idol and you would see like some of these people who genuinely thought that they were good enough. And if they could just hear themselves like you are not like will ever be good. And I I know I'm not that might sound extremely negative, but it's just the honest truth of it. And so my big thing is. You have to be really, really honest with yourself, and if you believe in yourself, like, like really, really do, then yeah, go for it. But mm-hmm. man, I just I've seen a lot. I've seen I've seen I still have a couple of friends who are still chasing it, you know, yeah. spending thousands of dollars, and I know that they have no shot, and it's it's tough to it's it's tough to see. Yeah, it's um, I I would definitely agree with that, and for me personally, um. You know, my senior year in high school, I felt like if I didn't hit like 450, I don't deserve to play in college. And I did. I hit like four. I don't know. It doesn't matter because it was high school and, you know, being a good high school player for anyone listening to this, it's, it's not it's not really that hard, um, in, in my opinion, looking back, because all I could do was just hit. I wasn't um, fast or anything at that point. So um, don't make a mountain out of a, you know, a tiny mound kind of taking the task at hand, wherever you're at, what level. Um, but that's how I looked at things. And even in college, I was like that too. I was like, if I don't put up numbers in college, like what, why would I want to go try and play professionally? I don't, I don't, I felt, and this is like, like I said, this is a personal opinion. Um, I felt if I didn't even do remotely as well as I did, I, I had no right to even try and go play. And that's, that's how I felt. And a lot of people don't feel like that and that, and that's fine. Um, but I was real with myself. I felt like I had a skill not possessed by a lot of people, uh, players, and I had to find out. Yeah, it's it, it is it is tough, and I think I think uh, it's it's extremely difficult um, and frustrating for players because the players who who do want to continue to play, it's as you well know, it is extremely extremely difficult to just get a shot at a legitimate league. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard. It's people don't, people don't understand. Like they, like they really, really don't, unless you've kind of been there, you really don't understand just how hard you, you can't just email the manager and then, and then show up for a workout. And then, you know, you're signed in the American association. I mean, I guess that, that probably has happened once or twice, but very, very rare. Yeah. Hitting the lottery happens too. Right. I mean, (laughs) uh, yeah, like I, I would completely agree with that. I, the only reason I got my shot in independent ball um, is because I went to a, a Chicago White Sox open workout in which it, w- it was open. Like, it, for example, I ran my 60 against a, like a 40-year-old man. And I was, <laughs> I was, you know, I was kind of like, like, what the fuck is this? What is going on? At that time, I had trained – everything like after that was after my senior year um in 2011 so you know I worked for seven months um I I, that's when I got into strength conditioning um personally and that's what kind of developed the the interest in it for me is was that off season and thereafter I worked as a trainer in the off seasons but I had I had a trainer I mean we really I found out what work was for the first time 
because I didn't want to do anything except hit growing up. And that's, you know, that was my fault. But, um, yeah, I go to this open workout and <laughs> literally run a 60 against like a 40 year old man. But then at the same time, I'm seeing guys with like University of Virginia gear and, you know, guys who got released from other major league organizations. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's not, I guess it's not that weird because these guys are here too and they're pretty good. But, um, in the BP, I hit a ball about 410 right down the right field line, and that's the only reason out. It is at one of the, the backfields in Arizona, and that's a, a White Sox scout talked to me right after that. It was like, obviously, you know, we can't sign you. We don't really put this fun fact. We don't really put this workout up for uh, to sign anybody. We just kind of get it to, you know, it's, it's like good promotion for them or at the time just to get people to come out. Um and he was like, but I can set you up with an independent league uh, team. And, and if you put up numbers, you know, I have your number and I know who you are and I've seen you. So um, that was if I didn't do that, nothing prior to that helped me um, play at the next level, which is which is odd. You know, looking back, I'm like, dang, I, I needed that open workout. It's crazy. It's crazy. It really is crazy how it works. If what I got one last question for you. If you could give uh, one piece of advice to any like high school kid out there, what would it be? Man, get in the weight room soon and, you know, understand that if you're good at this game, being good young is extremely important. Okay, so like I, I and I can only speak from personal experience, if I had run a 6-4, which I did towards the end, uh, 60 and I had switch hit at the rate I could towards the end if I did that when I was 19 my, my life would probably be a lot different it's mm. not like I life or anything I love my life I love doing what I do I love teaching hitters it's, it's my passion um but I just wish I would have knew being how important being good when you're you know as soon as 15 how important that is but to understand how much better you could be and, and to never stop working I've, I have a lot of kids that they and you, you could probably say the same thing. It's like they think they're really, really like have are doing things that nobody have ever done before um, on a baseball field. And more often than not, it's like, no, man, you're just or you're just physically advanced. <laughs> right. And you, you're you're good for 15 because you're six, three and 180 pounds. Like everyone's <laughs> approaching that, you know, not to say everyone's going to be six, three. But um, everyone gets bigger, you know what I mean. So if if you're good, you got to keep you got to keep working, and that's that's a tough tough thing for young players to understand. It's very 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 um, I don't know generic, I guess if you want to call it that. But man, be be realistic with um, your skill set and understand where you could be. Go go look up Ben Badler. He's a uh, international baseball America scout. He puts up tons of these, uh, Dominican, uh, videos on Instagram. Go look at those kids. I mean, go look at those kids and then, and then say to yourself, Oh, I'm good enough. Or I'm, you know, hold the same belief prior to watching those videos. I mean, some of those kids, they're better. They, they could probably play in, they're 15 years old and they play the, in the big leagues. Like that's how, that's how advanced they are. Yeah. We have kids here who are very, you see it you're an instructor just just content with kind of how they are so just i mean be realistic with yourself and you know unless you hit 40 home runs uh in a high school season which 
practically impossible. Um, you know, be real with yourself. Or are you have you done? Um, has anybody been better than you before? And if the answer is yes, like you gotta you gotta keep working. You got a ways to go. Love love that answer. Love how you worded that. Also, actually, I take that back. Um, I remember you saying before the show started, you're actually going to be moving. Yeah, so um, I've told a few of my clients, but uh, I'm going to be moving back to Las Vegas. Uh, that's where I grew up. I'm going to be working out of facilities there with, with the hopes of opening my own place in the, in the next one to two years. Um, you know, Vegas is home. I love doing what I do. Um, it's great community out here, and I'm very fortunate to have landed in, in this spot and got to work with the, the the kids that I do and the hitters that I do. But um, for me, you know, I just I'm getting old, man. I just turned 30 last month. Um, it's time for me to kind of do do what I'm doing here and do it in a place that I see being uh, just living long term. So yeah, I'll be moving. I'll be moving back to Las Vegas in the middle of December. Gotcha. Casey, I really appreciate the time today, man. Yeah, man, no problem. It's great, great being on.